Hello, friends, and welcome to the Mr. Maxwell podcast. So today I wanted to talk about executive function, and this will be a two-part series where I'll have part one now and part two later, hence two parts. Wow, that was clever. (laughs) Anyway, quick disclaimer. While executive function is an issue that adults deal with as well as children, I will be addressing this from the perspective of a parent slash teacher, since that is a role I am mainly familiar with. But I do believe that this is also something that adults struggle with. I just said that twice. So I would encourage you to still listen to this episode, even if you do not teach or have children of your own. I often use the term executive function in a general sense when describing a student who is disorganized or unable to control themselves. The truth is that self-control and organization are only two of many skills gained throughout the development of executive function. Not only did I have a limited understanding of these skills, but I did not know what the warning signs were of a particular executive function or executive dysfunction. Learning about the different forms of self-regulation and executive functions, along with how to spot the specific skills that a student was struggling with, helped me to become a better teacher because I knew how to address their issues and provide targeted support for that student or for my own children. I also learned that kids are not born with these skills, but they are born with the potential to develop them. That being said, that potential can be limited if the child has dealt with trauma or has a particular illness, be it physical or mental, that might get in the way or hinder or inhibit their development in the area of executive dysfunction or executive function. Educators and parents need to know how to identify and support children with behavioral and learning challenges in their classrooms through professional training, reading excellent books, and development in the building of executive function skills within their children and students. Teachers are often the first to notice the onset of problems regarding a child's impulse control, ability to maintain focus during academic work, organizing their time, their space, and their supplies, as well as their ability to follow instructions that incorporate multiple steps, along with flexible thinking. When students who struggle with executive function are mislabeled as bad kids, the result often is a poor learning environment, preventable expulsions, or the inappropriate use of psychotropic medications. Again, I'm not against the medications for children with mental health struggles, but sometimes we mismedicate because we don't fully understand what is going on with them. A misdiagnosis leading to the use of drugs that a child doesn't need can be very harmful, I believe, personally. Educators and caregivers need to know how to identify executive dysfunction, be aware of the various causes of executive dysfunction, and know how to provide effective scaffolding to help children develop the skills they need to be successful in the classroom and in life. When children have opportunities to develop executive function and self-regulation skills, individuals and society experience lifelong benefits. This quote came from the Harvard Center of the Developing Child. Today, I want to talk about eight different forms of executive function that I learned through my research into this topic. So, what is executive function? 
Executive function is an umbrella term for a set of life skills that utilize cognitive function that are developed, learned, and nurtured to help us make the right decision at the right time to be effective in all areas of our lives. And today I'm going to be going through one through four of my list. So the first one is adaptable thinking or task switching. Adaptable thinking gives a child the ability to problem solve or adjust the situations when necessary and overcome instantaneous obstacles. This skill also applies to a child's ability to see things from someone else's perspective. A child who exhibits this type of cognitive thinking isn't stumped by everyday hurdles or a difference in opinion. An example of adaptable thinking is a child who encounters a roadblock on their walk to school and devises an alternate route. This also relates to a child's ability to switch from one task to another. Hyperfocus is when a person is laser-focused on what they are doing and often is unable to think about anything else and possibly not even hear their own name when called. An example of task switching is being aware of the need to stop what is being done to go use the bathroom or to eat or because it is time to move on to the next activity. Another example is in the classroom when a student is being asked to transition from one class to the next or from one activity to the next. For example, in math class, students often are asked to work several different types of math problems. When a child struggles in math transitioning from multiplication to subtraction to addition, this is an example of difficulty in task, sw task switching as it relates to executive function. Number two, planning. A child's ability to think about the future, create a plan of action, and prioritize the different working parts is a strong sign of cognitive development. Planning skills allow a child to make a list of operations designed to effectively accomplish a task and to adequately determine which aspects are the most important. Some examples of planning are making a packing list, giving directions, or writing a recipe. Someone with executive dysfunction struggles to maintain current and future-oriented tasks and demands. For example, planning a vacation or for a day of school and extracurricular activities would be really difficult because there are a lot of steps involved. They struggle to be organized and get things planned out in a timely manner. If asked to create a plan for a work or school assignment, they will often struggle or even refuse to create a plan. This refusal may look like defiance or non-compliance, but in reality, they are simply, they just lack the ability or the confidence possibly in their own ability to create the plan. Number three, self-monitoring. Self-monitoring involves a child's ability to self-evaluate or comprehend how well he or she is performing a specific task. Self-monitoring helps children track and reflect on their progress regarding a specific assignment and understand that adjustments may need to be made to accomplish the task at hand. An example of positive self-monitoring is when a child identifies that a mathematics formula isn't producing the desired results and checks their work to discover the error. It can be difficult for them to recognize how they are doing in relation to those around them. Because they struggle to plan, organize, and not act impulsively, they often don't see the faults in their ways. They may not realize that they are behind or because they do recognize the dysfunction, they may think that they're farther behind than they actually are. Bottom line, they may struggle to have an accurate sense of how they are doing, either 
thinking they're doing better than they actually are or believing that they're doing worse than they actually are. And this may look like overconfidence or unnecessary despair. And number four, self-control. Self-control is the one we normally think of when we think of executive function, and it addresses a child's ability to restrain from physical or emotional outbursts. Impulse control keeps a child from reacting or acting without thinking, while emotional control helps a child to remain calm and resist the urge to overreact or shut down due to criticism or obstacles or any sort of difficulty they might perceive as they are encountering. Self-control enables us to set priorities and resist impulsive actions or responses. This also involves the struggle to stop certain behaviors that at the time would be deemed inappropriate, and they can also have a hard time not acting out impulsively. This also relates to emotional control. They can have a hard time managing their emotional responses to situations and can lash out in anger or get very upset before hearing the other person's side or getting all the information before responding. They may also give full vent to their emotions, yelling when angry or laughing loudly when something strikes them as funny, regardless of where they are or if the response is, pro is appropriate for where they are. An example of effective self-control in terms of executive function is when a child receives a disappointing score on a test but maintains focus and absorbs the constructive criticism while staying level-headed and learning from their mistakes. So this is part one, and I will be back next week with part two. For now, it is time for your next adventure. I'll miss you. Oh, and I will be including um, links, or perhaps not links, but I'll at least show what the sources were for my research in case you wanted to read through those articles and academic papers yourself for further knowledge and stuff on this topic. All right. Have a great one.